Good afternoon. It's Thursday, January the 12th. My name is Cleo O'Flynn and you're very welcome to English Time. We're on air in English here on Radio Suradeki every Thursday from 1 to 1.30 and you can listen back to the programme later on today on any of your online platforms and I'll be posting the link on the Adeche Town Hall Facebook page. Today we're going to be talking about the murder of Hayat in Armenimi earlier this week and how we can prevent similar atrocities. We will look ahead to the fiestas of San Sebastian and the growing movement called 180, 180 Days in Spain. I'm going to talk to the founding member. But first, let's have a look at some local news. The man accused of the murder of a Deje woman high out earlier this week has been before a judge and is now in prison without bail. He has been charged with the murder of his ex-wife and of attacking one of the children who rushed to defend his mother. At an extraordinary plenary session earlier this week following the murder, Adeche Town Hall unanimously voted to declare an official period of mourning with the suspension of leisure and sporting activities for 24 hours and municipal building flags at half-mast. On Tuesday, there was a vigil held in Armenimi organised by the Adeche Equality Council attended by hundreds of Hayat's neighbours, friends and co-workers. And Adeche Council reminds people that there are a number of ways of reporting domestic violence. You can call 016. There's no record of the call on the bill, but you will need to delete it from your phone. You can access information on the council webpage in English on how to escape a situation of domestic violence. Reports of domestic violence can also be by a victim or a family member or a friend, a neighbour or anybody who is aware of the violence. And as I said, there's information in English available on the Adeche website with the link on townhall.adeche.es. In other news, Adeche's Council of Department, uh, Council's Department of Economic Development and Employment under Raquel Rodriguez Alonso has begun the second phase of Tachea, a project designed to improve employment opportunities for women. The project is directed primarily at immigrant women who are on the Adeche Padron and in general at all women in the borough who are in a vulnerable situation. In La Palma, the Pisces 6 submarine will explore the lava deltas generated by the eruption of Cumbre Vieja last year. The mission begins in February with the sub diving up to 300 metres deep as part of the Volcano 3 scientific project of the Spanish Institute of Ocean Oceanography. If you still have to register on the electoral roll and you are an EU citizen and resident, you have until the end of January to do so. And if you are a UK registered resident of over three years standing, you have the right to vote in local elections and have until January 15th to make sure you're on the census. Details on townhall.adeche.es. And finally, a survey carried out on the P-Reply platform interviewing over 1,500 people all over Spain found that Santa Cruz de Tenerife is the most badly behaved city in the country. According to a spokesperson for the platform, the title was awarded to Santa Cruz because people are inconsiderate as drivers, spend too much time on their phones in public and are bad tippers. You're listening to English Time, Radio Sir Adeki with Cleo O'Flynn. Right, on the phone is Alba Gonzalez, and Alba is the spokesperson for the Adeche Equality Council. We've spoken to her before. Alba, welcome to English Time. We're going to talk about Hayat, and, and I think, you know, the more we say her name, the more important, it's important that we name her and remember her. She was murdered this week. Her suspect, her ex-partner, is in prison. So this is a femicide, isn't it? And there have been four in Spain this year. That's too many already, Alba. 
Yes, it is. Uh, I think we have to consider not only these years uh, in these mm, misogynistic murders, but um, we also come from from a, a December in which uh, since December we have we have yet to go three days in a row without a feminicide happening. So that's shocking. This is really really alarming. That is really shocking and really alarming. We're talking about Spain, the nation, Spain in general, the country. But n- we haven't gone three days in a row without a femicide, without the murder of a woman at the hands of her partner or ex-partner. Yes, and and Hayat, obviously, because it's it's something that just happened so close to us in Armenime, mm-hmm. uh, here in Adeje, uh, it was really painful, a uh, really painful way of keeping with the, this this um, be, be, being part of the I, national I statistic yes and and hayat hayat she was a um, as um, her family told us uh, and her friends told us in in the protest there in Ar- in Armenia last days uh, she was a very brave woman who had already um, uh, gone to the police to, to denounce, uh, yeah, to report uh, to her husband. Uh, she finally didn't um, press charges, but she was working on on progressing in her job and becoming more and more independent from him, and finally leaving him behind. But. As it usually happens, um, these are the moments where they, these uh, aggressors, these abusers, become more and more violent. Now, the police were called to the house on December the 28th, it is reported, but they, they, he wasn't arrested and put into prison, I think, or, or he was let go. Yes, uh, he was let go. She she didn't. Uh, as I, That's when she uh, didn't press charges. press charges. Okay. Yeah, yeah. In the in the end, but uh, we have to understand that there are many many things failing in in the system uh, for protecting women okay. in these uh, uh, abuse abuse conditions because uh, we have to say that last year. Forty uh, percent of the women who were murdered by their their men partners mm-hmm. or ex partners, they already had reported to the police that they were being uh, abused. So we have to change some okay. things. I mean, how? Obviously, we're we're a small town. Um, I know people after a shocking event in Armenia, people were they were sad, they were angry calling for change. It's not something that, you know, Adeje Council can do themselves, but what can the Adeje Equality Council do, for instance? Can you talk to people? What laws need to be strengthened? And and maybe, yeah. I mean, one of the things that I think is, it personally, I found very important was that it doesn't have to be the victim only who reports. If you're a neighbour, you can also report an abuser. Yes, we need, uh, as you said, in the Equality Council, there is only so much we can do. Mm-hmm. We cannot change the law or anything, but we can go and keep protesting. We protest every time there is a feminicide happening in, in our country. And and we can also um, 
keep educate, educating people yeah. because we have to say that we are also in a time where um, people are denying um, gender-based violence, okay. even if, if all of, with all of this happening. They're still so we as a council, we can just keep uh, informing people, keep protesting, keep telling people to, as you said, um, call the police every time you hear uh, a neighbor uh, being hurt or abused. At each other, maybe maybe there's something more happening there. Yeah. Maybe you could save a life. That's so true. please call the police. The, the choices are you're going to annoy, annoy your neighbors or you're going to save a life, I think. Uh, and what about in schools and in health centers and local communities? I mean, should we be calling on the government to bring in more education programs, you know, when, when the people are still young enough to actually be taught what is right and wrong? I think, and, and this is going to sound a little bit harsh, but I think we are failing at all levels. Okay. I think there is, we, we really don't have this magic piece that we can put in the exact place where uh, these uh, gender-based violence laws are failing and fix everything. We really need to rethink about, yes, uh, not only about education, as I told you, they, they, all young people are denying not all young people all young people but um there's Some. an increasing number mm -hmm. of young people denying gender based violence so we obviously need to invest in education but also uh there is a demonstrated um lack of protection mm -hmm. for women that have already uh reported yes, um, reported to the police they are abused so we really need to change everything i think um we need to to listen to um, uh, organizations of jurists of women jurists that that are working on what can be done and we really need to hear them we really need to hear experts about what to do and and maybe take some Make some decisions we usually wouldn't uh, wouldn't take. Okay. I mean, we really need to strengthen the protections to the protection to these women. Finally, for now, Alba. Um, obviously, a lot of people who listen to this program don't speak Spanish. Um, there may be women who live here who don't have too many friends because perhaps their husband. Mm -hmm controls them that way or they believe that they are, are an illegal immigrant and therefore if they go to the authorities they'll create more problems. Now I think it's really important for people to know that just because you don't speak Spanish doesn't mean you cannot look for help just because you are not perhaps a legally resident person on the padron or you're not earning money and paying taxes that doesn't mean you cannot look for help. Ah, Alba's gone. Okay, I mean, it's okay. We, 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 yeah, in a minute, Alba, Alba's gone. But I want to say from my personal experience, because I have helped some people who have sought help, who haven't spoken English, who have been Spanish, and who have been afraid that as an immigrant, they weren't eligible for the resources available. But can I say that, in fact, people have told me that they get more help 
because they are seen as more vulnerable because they are more vulnerable. So if you are in a position of vulnerability, if you go to townhall.athe.es, um, you will find the resources. Alba, I was just saying that I think it's really important that women who don't speak a lot of Spanish, who are maybe illegal immigrants, are not sure about their status, they can still seek help if they are in an abusive situation. Yes, they can still call the 016 uh, number uh, to to report their abuses and they will not have any problems with with being an illegal immigrant here because they will even uh, be they will even get a, a permission to to legally re- reside here in to legally live here in in Spain while they are fighting against uh, oh, that's good to legally know. fighting against their abuser. Oh, well, that's, that's an extra positive. Okay, so anybody listening, uh, if you need help, again, I'm going to say go to townhall.adeje.es where the, where the, um, resources that are available to you is, are listed in English. Now, sometimes the number, if you ring 016 as well, there are people who will answer the phone who speak men, English and other languages. Isn't that correct? Yes, yes, they are. So, so the help is there, people. Um, you don't have to suffer in silence. Alba Gonzalez, uh, spokesperson for the Adeke Equality Council. Thank you so much for joining us. It, generally, we speak to you for tragic reasons. I hope it's not always the case. But today, we are remembering Hayat. Okay, let's have a little bit of music before our next guest. Can I'm every woman. Um, now there's. I saw a report in Canary Weekly about what looked like a very interesting organisation or campaign group called 180 Days in Spain. It grabbed my attention as a journalist and following Brexit, and I knew what it meant immediately because uh, British non-registered residents now who have homes here can only stay for 90 days out of every 100 in any European country. So. I've been kind of waiting for this movement to come to my attention and I have on the line the founder of the movement and that's Andrew Heseldon. Andrew, welcome to English Time. Hello, thank you very much. And it's, I mean, it's great. But as I say, Brexit, the vote was, what, 2016. We're now six years on. Um, and I think you said to me when we spoke earlier that a lot of British residents allowed COVID to kind of 
take over the headlines before they started to actually look at what their rights were and the rights that they had lost because of Brexit. Is that a fair a fair comment? And and just tell us a little bit about that and what the movement's all about. Of course, yes. No, I think that's a fair comment. And, um, you know, during COVID, um, when we were asked um, not to travel, I think people out of courtesy stayed away. Um, But, you know, as people are now starting to travel more again, um, this has become much more of an issue. So, yeah, I mean, 180 Days in Spain, it's a a campaign for people who, before Brexit, made a home in Spain. Um, They did that for part of the year, every year. And they live fluidly between Spain and the UK or or Spain and elsewhere. And they want to spend 180 days in Spain today. And to be fair, as you know, they can still do that. But the key thing is they can't do this at the times they want to. Mm -hmm. And and if they do so, it means they can't go anywhere else in Europe, effectively. So let's just remind people, um, because of Brexit, at a European level, this isn't a Spanish rule, if you're British, you can only travel within the Schengen area or within the European Union for uh, for uh, for 90 days within a given 180 days. So if you go into Germany on the 1st of January, your passport's stamped and you can stay there for 90 days and then you can't return to a European country until 180 days has passed from the 1st of January. That's right, isn't it? Yes, I mean, that, that, that's absolutely right. And I think it's really important to remember that you know, this isn't, a lot of people think this is a restriction, this is a bad thing. But the 9180 Schengen visa waiver, which is what it's called, is actually a really good thing. Because without it, British people wouldn't be able to get into Spain at all. Oh, okay, because, so it's looking yeah, at it from the other so, point of view. Exactly. So, I mean, and, and this is what I think we need to start doing, because um, it's actually a really good thing. But the problem that British people have is that now they don't have freedom of movement. This yeah. 9180 visa waiver isn't adequate what they need. Okay. It's not that they're limited by it, it's just it's not good enough. That and makes sense. In particular, you would you be talking about people who have second homes here or is it much more than that? So, I mean, here in the Canary Islands, you'd have people who would have arrived in November or yes. even October and they stayed through to May, which is well beyond 90 days. <laughs> um, Absolutely. And, and they pay into the local economy. They go to local restaurants. They're possibly renting. Um, so, you know, the local economy's taken a hit. Um, but you're also saying it's not just second homeowners. It's, it's people who work and things. And I think that, yes, I think that's true. And that's one of the things we're trying to get out across the campaign. This is a wide range of people. People have in their head, this is just about retired people. It's just about holiday homers. But but it's not at all. It's about people who've made a genuine home in Spain. They feel part of the community. They were doing so entirely lawfully before before Brexit. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and just to clarify, you know, they, they were either staying for less than 90 days or they were registering after 90 days if they wanted to stay longer mm-hmm. um but essentially um you know this could be seasonal workers they could be authors freelancers some people might be running a business you know a local business in spain or they might be running a business in the uk um but but i think it's fair to say a lot of people you know are in the early years of retirement sure. um you know and, and they're using their home in spain you know for enjoyment and as you say, and why wouldn't spending they spending money locally? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, well, I'm assuming your campaign would never encourage people to break the rules. But I mean, are you finding that some people are still kind of confused about what exactly they are and are not allowed to do? Yeah, I think there's certainly confusion. But um, to answer your point about breaking the rules, absolutely not. 
Um, we want to help people persuade politicians to change the law, not break the law. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's exactly, you know, we're encouraging people to come along and join us if they want to, to help write letters. We're certainly not encouraging anyone to... To, to do anything illegal. Okay. Now, I, I, if I'm correct, up until recently, your base was probably, um, or the, the campaign was probably focused in, in the Spanish Peninsula. I think you travelled to Mallorca frequently, if I'm correct. Um, but, I mean, I you'd be interested, I think, in hearing from people in the Canary Islands too, because there would be thousands here, I think, who would yeah. want to know more about your campaign. I think very much so. I mean, the Canary Islands, you know, have a, a place in my heart because, you know, years ago I used to work in Gran Canaria and oh. Tenerife. So you're <laughs> and, uh, one of us. Absolutely. So, <laughs> soy Canario, you know. Oh, <laughs> and, and I used to get the, the la guagua as well instead of oh. the alphabet. So, Nobody else know. understands when you say, where's the guagua? <laughs> oh, how nice. <laughs> you need to come home, Andrew. I know, I really do. But I think I've got a thing about Spanish islands because, you know, I, I've set up a home in Mallorca. I love it that it's a little bit nearer to London for me, which makes travel a bit easier. But but in the Canary Islands, we've um, I actually asked our members, and we've currently got five thousand seven hundred in our group. Okay, Um, that's impressive. It's really grown um, lately, Um, and fifteen percent of them say they live in the Canary Islands of the ones who responded. So it could be about a thousand. So you've reached some of them already. Absolutely. And I mean, I also believe you're interested, or that you're you know you're not just thinking about Spain because. I find sometimes if I am talking to people, they do tend to think that this is just Spain. And you say, well, no, this is a European-wide 9-180-day visa. So is your group, are you personally looking to talk to other people or people who are also finding similar problems with Portugal, with Germany, with France? Yeah, I mean, no, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a great point. This is a Europe-wide issue. Um, it's big in Spain because a lot of British people will choose Spain. Um, we've got sister campaigns um, which are separately run. Um, they're called 180 Days in Greece, Cyprus, Italy, Germany. Okay. And, we, and there's a French one called France Visa Free. And we have a pan-European one called British Multi-Country Residence. And th- this is about people who chose more than one place to be their home. Um, and... Um, yeah, I mean, with, without going back over the Brexit arguments, because nobody wants to do that, I think. And, and, <laughs> Definitely and, you know, not. The, the sooner the people stop talking about Remainers and Ramoners and, and <laughs> labelling people, because I think that argument is over. There's, we need mm. to look. Who needs to be encouraged to change the rules? Is it British politicians? Is it Spanish? Is it MEPs? Where do you take your campaign from now, Andrew? No, well, I mean, absolutely, I, I, I agree entirely. We, we need to move forward and work out what we're going to do about the situation now. And I, I think the responsibility lies, you know, on, on both British and Spanish politicians. To a lesser extent, European, um, I, I think Spain, because it's their decision. We, we believe that this is something Spain can probably do on their own without mm-hmm. involving Brussels. Okay. Um, and, but, but we actually we see that the UK government clearly has a huge role to play in this. You know, they did Brexit. You know, there was supposed to be a plan. Um, and um, at the moment, we're, unfortunately, when we contact Europe, uh, British politicians, we do find they sometimes abdicate responsibility for finding any solutions. But mm. we, we think they've got a big role to play in asking for this because 
you know, they, they need to be approaching countries and saying, can we sign a bilateral agreement? Can we come up with arrangements? Um, so so we, we, we certainly don't want to let UK ministers off the hook, even though we think the solutions probably sit in Spain. Okay. But I mean, so it's something that, you know, God forbid that we would start talking about <laughs> protocols because, uh, you know, the, the Northern Irish uh, <laughs> protocol, which is also kind of Brexity. Big problem. You don't really want to start going down anything like that route. But if you look at the very good working arrangements that there has been between the Madrid embassy and the UK government over, yes. for instance, rights to vote. And, yes. and I mean, there seems to be an excellent working working arrangement there. So I presume this is something you would want to work on. Absolutely, and I mean, I think that was one. Of, I think that was the first agreement in Europe on voting rights. Spain's quite unique in that, and we keep seeing um, encouraging moves. I know, you know, a, a year ago, Zemo Puig in Valencia has been very outspoken about this. Um, you know, which, which is which is wonderful. You know, people in Spain clearly do want to change this. Um, we, we've got some suggestions. We'd love to talk to people, but um, but but. But yes, so I mean, it's, it's, it's very encouraging from my point of view. And I think and recently you may have seen in the newspaper the um, former Secretary of State for Tourism in Spain, yeah. um, he, Fernando Valdez, he said that um, he wanted to ask Brussels to scrap the 9180 limitations. Now, I mean, we, we actually think this could be done without Brussels, but the very fact that, you know, he's making those moves is, is really, really heartwarming. Okay, Andrew, it is very interesting. Please stay in touch with us. Uh, let us know how, how the campaign's going. And, you know, the, the airways are yours if you ever want to reach out again to the Canarian people. We're here for you. Thank you. Well, let's say if anyone wants to look for the group, yeah. um, we're on Facebook and we're called 180 Days in Spain. Okay, so, uh, and uh, I'll post a link to that as well when I upload the blog. On, and the podcast. So thank Wonderful. you very much, Andrew. That's right. Thank and, you. And I'll talk to you again. That's <laughs> Andrew Heseldon. He is the founder of 180 Days in Spain, calling, speaking to us from the UK. Great line. And uh, very interesting, I think, because this one ain't going to go away. We have a few minutes left. David Urbano is with me in studio. Hi, sweetie. Hi, darling. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. All so right. listen, you're here very quickly to just yep. remind people next Friday, Friday the 20th, is probably one of the most popular days in the Adeca calendar of the year. Next, yeah. next to the Romaria. Yeah, next to the Romaria in October, uh, we have this, um, this uh, festivity of uh, San Sebastian, San Sebastian. So San, Sebas San Sebastian yes. is one of the the two saints of Adeca. We have yeah. Santa Ursula, patrons? Is that patron saints, yeah. yeah. Okay. And San Sebastian. And um, I don't think we have time to go into the religious background to oh, San Sebastian. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But he, I mean, he has been prayed to by the Adeca people for yeah. hundreds of years. Let's say uh, it, it dates from uh, the uh, 16th century. Okay. So previous from the, the conquer here. Okay, so the before Canary the Island. conquistadores arrived, yeah. he was he was one of our guys. Yeah, he was yeah. an adequero. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, prayed by the one and all the stuff. Okay, yeah. so let's remind people: this is the day when thousands of people will go down to the beach mm -hmm. to La Ramada. Yeah, uh, there's a mass, and the, then there is 
for some reason, and you need to tell me why, about 200 horses and camels and donkeys will be ridden into the sea yeah. at La Ramada Beach. What's the significance of this? Okay, so San Sebastian is the patron of animals. Okay. So uh, all that stuff of animals, uh, they they make them uh, go in the um, so in the sea, it's like a bathing ritual. Yeah, yeah, like like the one uh, John the Bap- Baptist did okay. way with he Jesus. Didn't do it that with guy, horses. you know, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. It, that that wasn't horses, but yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. So it's it's like a ritual bathing. Does it start yeah. the year? Is it homage to San Sebastian? Yeah, and and a way to to um, um, I I don't know the word, blessing all okay. the animals and and, and at the, beside the church there's also yeah. kind of like like a small mini farmyard with lots of different animals there mm-hmm. and I food d- and food. I do Always remember food. years ago yeah. my cocker spaniel was there and got a real fright because he thought a Shetland pony was another dog. Yeah, and when the pony made a different kind of a noise, uh, yeah. he wasn't amused. So yeah. it's open to the public. They can also bring their animals down to be blessed. Yeah, yeah, of course. And it all starts at about midday. Midday, yeah. Next Friday, uh, which so is the feast of San Sebastian. So important. Wear a sunblock. Wear a cap. Bring water. water. Yes, always. Okay. And please, please, please obey the rules of the security of personnel course. who are there. There's a rope that will keep the public they're, they're back. Not dumb. Yeah, yeah, of course. But it is. It, yeah. you'll, you'll be pushing <laughs> forward. You'll want to see the horses going yeah. into the water. Mm-hmm. But there are areas that are roped off that you please don't cross. And if you have kids, make sure you hold their hand very tightly. Yeah. But because, it's a great day out. Because they're animals. You don't know Not their the children, behavior. The so. horses are animals. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, the horses. Ah, the horses, ah, ah. <laughs> All right, the horses are animals, yeah. And you don't know them. You know, though, uh, yeah, you know, and don't I mean, know they, their behavior. They might so. want to go into the water, so yeah. they might get a little bit wild. Okay. Right, thank you so much for coming along. We're going Thanks to go to you. out with the that guitar solo from Jeff Beck, who unfortunately passed away. Considered probably one of the best guitarists the world has ever heard. Let's have a little bit of Beck's Bolero. to Victor in the studio for taking us through today's program for myself from David from everybody else until next week have a very good afternoon <laughs>